Welcome to Blaine Christ the King. You are listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at our campus location in Blaine, Washington. Thanks for tuning in. We've been going through a series uh, over the last few weeks called Love as God Explains It. And we've been diving into this chapter of 1 Corinthians, which is the famous chapter on love in the Bible. And the reason why we're going through this series is that the number one thing we're commanded to do as Christians is to love. That's the number one thing that God asks us to do, that we would love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then that we would love our neighbor as ourselves. So you may be thinking, man, we've we've spent a lot of time talking on love. Like, is this leading up to Valentine's Day, or why are we spending all this time talking about love? But it's because it's so important. God said this is the number one thing we need to be about. And so love, if we want to really be the authentic people of God, we have to get love down. Like, we have to love well. Um, And so I'm not coming in assuming that we, we've already checked the box on love. Like, yep, I love my neighbor. Check. We're good. I'm not assuming that. Like, we need to really dive in and see what God says about love. And so that's why over this last uh, couple months, we've been going through this one chapter in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, to really hopefully get a deeper understanding of what love is. Because the love that, that is talked about in Scripture is different than the love that's talked about in our culture. The love that's talked about in our culture, we, we, um, a lot of times they use words like tolerance and mutual acceptance and, and mutual good feelings. Like it's, it's kind of this weak understanding of love. And what we see in Jesus is that love actually means laying down your life for someone else. There's a cost to the love that Jesus calls us to. And so for us, love is this huge deal. I want to share a verse with you as we get going this morning. It's John 13, 34 through 35. Uh, Jesus tells his disciples, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. You'll see this word, love one another, repeated and repeated. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If we have love for one another, that's what determines whether or not we're following Christ. It's the indicator of whether or not we are truly following Christ at a heart level, is if we actually not just have love but demonstrate love for each other. So that's why it's so important. And the challenge for us today is how far are we willing to go to love people? How far are we willing to go to love people in this room, and how far are we willing to go to love people outside of this room? Because God calls us to a deep pursuit of loving other people. And so if we want to be the authentic people of God, we have to love each other well. And we have to love those who are outside of this room really well. One of the difficulties in talking about love is that it can be expressed in a million different ways. It can be expressed in a million different ways, but you know love when you see it. Uh, I was reading this book recently by Bob Goff. You might have heard of him, anybody? Um, Yeah, a few guys. Bob Goff is great. And uh, he wrote this book called Everybody Always, and in it he talks about his neighbor, who's this middle-aged widow named Carol. And when they moved across the street from Carol, they, they built this great relationship with her. Like she almost became family to them. 
and they, they heard news that she had developed cancer, and she was afraid and alone. She was living in a house all by herself, so she was just sort of alone in her own thoughts. And so Bob got this idea, hey, if she's feeling afraid and alone, I can't cure the cancer, but what I can do is buy a set of walkie-talkies. And so he bought these walkie-talkies, and he kept one at her house and one at his house. And this is what he said about it. He said, something happens when you're talking on walkie-talkies. You get the same feeling when you connect two peach cans together with a string. You're instantly both transformed into nine-year-olds. No one has cancer, nobody is alone, and no one is terrified anymore. These walkie-talkies didn't fix her cancer, but something much bigger happened. She wasn't afraid anymore. How, who knew that walkie-talkies could be this great expression of love, right? Um, but they were, because Bob met Carol right where she was at. Carol was alone and afraid. And so Bob got creative and bought some walkie-talkies. There you go. That's love. And when we turn to the people in our lives and we get creative and spend time and energy thinking about how can I best love this person, it changes the game for those people. When we meet people where they're at. And I would say that if we want to be a community that wants to make a difference here, then we need to be creative about how we love this community. That we need to invest our hearts and our minds in thinking how can we reach out? Who are our neighbors that we can we can love, and who are the people that are in crisis that we can come alongside? So that's why we're talking about love, because I don't want to just be a church that aspires to love, but actually loves. I don't want to be a church that just talks about love. I want to actually do it. And so that's why we've spent so much time talking about this. And as we continue in 1 Corinthians 13, we're going to talk about how love goes through it all. Love goes through it all with people. It's there through the ups and the downs. Love doesn't shy away when people struggle. Love doesn't close off when people are having a hard time. That's when it presses in the most. Uh, that's when it comes in the most, when the cancer comes, when the anxiety comes, when someone shares something that's extremely personal. That's when love presses in. You know, a couple of phrases that from my wedding vows that I think about often are when I vowed to love Bonnie in sickness and in health and for richer or for poorer. When I was a 21-year-old kid standing at the altar, I didn't really realize what that would look like. I didn't realize what that meant to love someone through it all. And as we've gone along, and now we're 13 years, right? 13 years. 14 this year. I got it. Yes. Okay. Um, 13 years in marriage, I didn't realize the ups and downs that we'd have. In the first year of our marriage, Bonnie got vertigo so bad that most evenings she had to rest on the couch. Like it was, it kind of shut down like our pace. Um, I didn't realize that in the first 10 years of our lives, we'd move eight times. That's a lot of times, guys. And uh, at one point, we were living in someone else's basement with a two-year-old and a newborn. Like that was rough. That was rough. I don't know if you, you know what I'm talking about. If you have kids, like it's one thing to go through that in your own house, but to do that in someone else's house is a little tough. So love for us meant sticking with each other and helping each other through those tough times, learning how to love each other. And this is what 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says. It says, love bears all things, believes all things, 
hopes all things and endures all things. And this is the verse that we're hanging out on today, is that love goes through it all with people. The, the one phrase that you can easily pick out of this is the phrase, all things. You know, I kind of wish God had said most things. Like, love would go through most things with people. You know, but it would give you some flexibility. If things got too tough, you could opt out. But love doesn't give us that option. Love goes through it all with people. And so as we talk about this verse today, I actually have the privilege to invite uh, Lloyd Wilhelms to come up and share with us. Um, see, Lloyd is a leader on our advisory team. He's been a, a leader here at CTK Blaine. And God has given Lloyd and Monique a unique vision to start a care team here to really put love into practice among our group. And so I'm excited to have Lloyd just come and share. Can we just welcome him this morning? Morning, everybody. I'm here this morning to talk about the care team for CTK Blaine. So um, when Tyler asked Monique and I about putting together a care team, uh, we had a vision of what it might look like a care team that would be here to pray, to love, and to be a good neighbor to those in need. And I think of the story in Luke, uh, and Jesus is asked uh, what we must do to have eternal life. Uh, the answer, everybody knows, love God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. The question next was, who was my neighbor? Jesus went on to tell the story of the Good Samaritan, right? The man who was beaten, robbed, left half dead along the side of the road. First, the priest comes along and walks on the opposite side of the road, ignoring the injured man. And next comes the Levite, the holy man, who, like the priest, avoids the man and walks on the opposite side of the road. The Samaritan, a man not friendly to the Jews, comes by who took pity on him bandages his wounds, and takes him to an inn where he pays the innkeeper to take care of him. We are reminded we are to love well, comfort well. I remember back to a time when life was good, rolling merrily along. Out of nowhere, Monique and I were confronted with one of our children struggling. It was very difficult seeing our child go through the physical and emotional challenges. Things did not go well. There were good days, bad weeks, many tears that were shed. It went on for what seemed forever. We had a difficult time finding resources, no one to talk to, to share what we were going through. We remember how difficult and painful it was. Those memories are scars on our soul. God never wastes a painful lesson. We met other parents about who had children suffering similar struggles with their children. We shared our story, our experiences, resources. We prayed with them. We walked alongside with them, excuse me, but they got back on track. What a painful experience for us turned out to be a little blessing to others. What followed was, has been a journey, some of which trying to help people who are experiencing some of life's setbacks. Every one of us will experience a life setback during our lifetime. Those times when we are overcome, overwhelmed, 
with what life has thrown at us, beyond having a bad day, it's times when our life has been impacted. When it's a loved one or is ill or has died, someone close has a serious injury or disease, or it might be addiction, hospitalization, or a job loss. We're stressed out, overwhelmed by our situation. As a doctor once described these times, the wiring in our brain gets tangled up like a ball of yarn. So many times we can feel alone, and shame, embarrassed by our own mistakes, and unwilling to admit because of our pride. Too often we keep our pain to ourselves. We need help to unravel and put it back together. So we were kind of reminded of Jesus washing Peter's feet at Passover. Here was Jesus, the Son of God, washing Peter's feet. Peter felt it was such a blow to his pride. Like Peter, it is our pride and self-control that gets in the way of healing. In those painful times, we choose to hide our secrets. Secrets like, my child has a drug addiction. I was fired from my job or my spouse is leaving me. We want to be in control, not show our weakness. It is much easier to give to another in need. We feel good about helping others, but to be on the receiving end of those weakness is a blow to our pride, our self-control. I love what the Anglican Archbishop William Temple said, man's humility does not begin with the giving of services. It begins with the readiness to receive it. We need to put away our pride, our shame, and ask for help. The first steps of healing are sharing and praying. For all of us here on the care team, we're here to help support. I'm joined by a gifted group of women and men on the care team to walk, to listen, to pray, and in those cases, to help direct to those local resources that someone may need. This could be a hospital visit, it could be connected to grief support, or just talking through those tough situations. If a friend or someone you know or meet that is having a little setback or a life setback, please pray with them, but please invite them to church. People can feel incredibly alone, feel shame and guilt. This is when we absolutely need a loving family, one where we can feel connected, welcomed, loved, and supported. You know, several weeks ago, uh, a good friend and I got together, and he reminded us of when his daughter was in crisis. That's a time we spent together. The tears and how proud he is today. She has just graduated from college and just got her first job. Does it work? Absolutely. It just happens on God's timing. For those who have praises and God's blessings, please come and see us as well. Please know that any information you share is in strict confidence. If anyone is interested in being on the care team, please see us after service. We will be offering an information training session uh, in a couple of months. The care team is available after every service. We are available throughout the week if you just call the CTK Blaine office. And Jesus tells us, saying in Matthew, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. 
for where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Thank you. Thank you, Lloyd. Uh, it's just cool to see Lloyd and Monique walk into what they were called to do. And um, they were just, uh, they have a calling and a passion to walk with people going through uh, painful experiences and um, love them through it. And there's nobody better than them. And so it's just exciting to see God use them and what God is going to do here. So love you guys. I'm so thankful that you're a part of what we're doing. Um, you know, Lloyd just described the sort of community that we want to we want to build here in Blaine. That it's it's not a perfect community, but it's an honest community. It's one that's that's real with each other about where we're at. Uh, Bob Hyatt said that healthy biblical community is forged in moments when people are forced by circumstance to look at one another and say, "We are together in this." is that when we hit a crisis, uh, instead of turning away from each other and hiding that crisis, we actually look each other in the face and we say, we are with you. And that is when community is formed. Um, because the truth is, is that we are all in this room real people. And real people have real weakness and real wounding. And so we are all walking around with weaknesses and wounding, and what God would call us to do is to love each other unconditionally where we're at right now, and that we would love each other unconditionally, not so that we would sit in those wounds and those weaknesses, but that we could grow in, in light of those wounds and weaknesses, that we would actually come around each other and support each other to grow into the person that God wants us to be, and God uses all of it. And so if we want to be a church that God intends for us to be, we need to get really comfortable with wounds and weaknesses. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this. Uh, he said that those that love their dream of a Christian community more than they love the Christian community itself become destroyers of that Christian community, even though their personal intentions may be ever so honest earnest and sacrificial. He's saying that if we are trying to build a perfect community instead of an honest community, we actually destroy the thing we're trying to create. Like if we're settling for a facade, we're actually destroying the thing that God wants us to be because we're not perfect. We don't have it together. And so we need to be willing to share uh, those weaknesses. The truth is, is that we all struggle. We all have our struggles. And I debated this week okay, if I'm going to call people to share weaknesses, then I should probably be willing to share my weakness. And I really wrestled with it because I want you guys to think I'm awesome. And um, so, <laughs> th thanks. Um, but, you know, one of, in this, one of my weaknesses is that I'm a spender. All right, any other spenders out there, okay? I spend money when I shouldn't. I spend money when it's not budgeted, okay? It's a weakness. Um, I'm the sort of person that, that it seeks that, I'm kind of in the moment often, and I seek sort of that short-term fulfillment. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Um, <laughs> two Christmases ago, um, two Christmases ago, I got this bug, like, you know what? I really need a canoe, like right now. It's the middle of December, but I really need a canoe. <laughs> Laughing back there. Some of you are a part of this story, actually. Um, we had just moved to Blaine, and I was in the middle of winter, and I was thinking, man, 
I had this vision of like anybody ever been out to Ross Lake, like Ross Lake in the summertime catching fish in a canoe. And so I found one on Craigslist for $300. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. Bonnie was like, don't do this. Do not do this. Do not buy this. But I went ahead and I did it anyways, which is always a recipe for disaster. Next to God, you need to listen to your wife, okay? Um, that canoe now has been used a total of zero times. <laughs> Found out later, by my friend Drew back here, that the canoe actually had a crack in it that I couldn't even use it until that crack was repaired. And it's fiberglass. Like, I don't know how to fix fiberglass. Uh, it's not one of my, it's another one of my weaknesses, actually. It's not being able, that not being able to grow a beard is another uh, weakness that I have. Um, but if you go to my house, which many of you have, uh, on the left side of our driveway sits my big, yellow, ugly canoe. And... I'm glad I have a gracious wife, because every time Bonnie drives home, when she opens her car door, she hits it. It's just this like, reminder of how dumb her husband is. Just boom. <laughs> and it just sits there. It's this monument of shame in my life. It's just this big yellow monument of shame. And I don't know like, if you've ever experienced anything like that, but that, that is just this symbol of weakness. There's no way I should have spent $300 on a canoe that doesn't work, but I did. But what helps in our weakness is actually sharing that with other people, sharing that with people that love us. Like, I've shared, like, hey, I need to get better at, at how I manage my money. I've, I've sought out counsel on that, and it's been, it's not, like, super fun. It's, you know, no one likes sitting in front of somebody and saying, look, here's all the ways that I've messed up. Here's all of my vulnerability, all of my mistakes, right? Um, you know, it's confessing our weakness is a little bit like surgery. Like, you know that you should do it, because if you don't do it, you're going to continue to be in pain. But it's still hard, right? It's still difficult to get there, but it's the only way to grow. Because God gave us each other to pray for each other and to sharpen, sharpen each other. You know, and if we don't humble ourselves, the key of all of this is humility, right? God is calling us into humility. If we think that we can deal with it better than how God intends for us to deal with it, that's arrogance. That's being arrogant. That's saying, I can handle this on my own. I don't need anybody else. So I don't know this morning what your canoe story is, what your monument of shame is in your life, but we all have weaknesses and wounds. You know, what, where are you at this morning as you think about your life? What's the thing that you would rather hide from community, rather not share? You know, is there something that you're afraid to, to confess to someone? Is there something that you're, like a secret, like Lloyd talked about holding on to secrets. And, and that actually eats away at us in the inside when we don't feel like there's anybody safe enough to share what's really going on in our lives. Because real community is willing to go to those vulnerable places. I love that Lloyd chose to share the example of um, washing feet, that Jesus actually sat with the disciples and washed each of their feet. Even Judas, the one who betrayed him, he sat and washed their feet. If you think about that, that was in the era before socks, okay? This is before socks 
and they walked all day in sandals, and their feet were covered in it, covered in dirt and other things, I'm sure. And if you think about Jesus, the Son of God, stripping down to his undergarments and then sitting before them and actually cleaning their feet, washing their feet, like that's amazing. God, Jesus reaches into their the, the, a place of vulnerability and washes their feet. And Jesus said this in, in John 13. He said, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you, should, you also should do just as I have done to you. Jesus is saying, do you understand what I've done for you? I've modeled humility. I've modeled being willing to meet someone at their point of vulnerability. Meet someone in their mess and clean it up. This is his grace. It's a very personal grace that Jesus offers. And guys, we all have parts of our lives that we're not proud of. We all have our canoes. And I don't know what color yours is. Um, mine was bright yellow. But we all, have, we all have shame. We all have hurt that we carry. And Jesus meets us in those places. Jesus meets us in places of weakness and woundedness. And that's where he speaks to us the loudest. That's where he's the most hands-on, are in those places. Jesus also turns to his disciples and says, hey, if I'm doing this and I'm the son of God, then you should be doing this too. You should be comfortable with the weakness and wounds of others. You know, the win for us in community, like in small group, the win is not in learning more. It's in actually getting to know each other more and getting to wash each other's feet, so to speak, in, in prayer, in walking alongside, knowing the struggles, the real struggles that people are going through. It's like when people share that struggle, the walls come down because they realize, okay, I struggle too, and I can share here. Because love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. When Paul says love is willing to bear all things, it means that it's willing to protect and shield others from harm. It's not willing to expose people. It actually protects their weakness. Like this is a safe place to be weak. Um, love is willing to believe all things, believing that the best is yet to come for everyone, that God can work in every situation no matter how desperate it is and come for that person, believe in that person. Love is willing to hold out hope for someone, regardless of what they're dealing with, regardless of the road that they've chosen. Love hopes in all things. It always holds out hope for people. No one is ever too far off. And he says, love is willing to endure with someone for as long as it takes to the end. And if you could boil it all down, this would be the point this morning. This is what to, what to walk home with, is that love never leaves people behind. Love never leaves people behind. The Marines have this saying, Nemo Residio. I don't know if I said that right. Nemo Residio. And it literally means no one left behind. It's a motto that they hold to. It's a duty that all Marines are called to. And I heard a story recently about a Marine named John Musgrave who talked about what this looked like for him during the Vietnam War. 
he and his unit were out on patrol, and all of a sudden they were ambushed. And John got shot in the chest, and he fell to the ground, and it was a, it was a bad wound. But what this looked like was another Marine ran to the front where he was at and actually laid down on top of his wound so that he wouldn't bleed out. And I know this is kind of graphic, but he laid down on top of his wound and shot back at the opposing troops. He was literally willing to cover that wound to protect this man, to save his life. And the, the Marine slowly moved John backwards and slowly moved him backwards until John was moved into safety. It's this powerful picture of how love always covers, that we don't give up on anyone, that we rush to the front when we see someone stranded or wounded. This Marine did it out of duty. God calls us to do it out of love. God calls us to be compelled with love because love is willing to risk everything to save someone. Love is willing to risk everything to save someone. I think this is a picture of how God pursues us. How does God pursue us? If you think about the story of the 99 sheep and the one, you have 99 safe and happy sheep, and then you have one that's stranded and left out in the, in the cold and in the dark. Where is God's mind in that story? God's mind is not in the 99. God's mind is, is with the one who's struggling and out on his own. And God doesn't leave that one behind, but he goes and runs after that one. And it says that he puts that sheep around his shoulders and carries it home. See, God doesn't leave anyone behind. God didn't leave anyone behind. That's why he sent Jesus. He risked it all. He sent Jesus uh, to suffer and die so that everyone would have that opportunity to find him. And so we, as a community right now, we're called to risk for other people. Love would call us into risk for other people. It would call us to think, who isn't here? Who, is, who, who do I need to pursue? And ultimately, we're compelled to go find people so that they would know the security and life in Jesus. So what are you willing to risk? To save someone, to protect someone, to believe in hope for someone? What are you willing to risk? Where are you willing to go? Are you willing to go to the front where it's dangerous, where it's difficult? Are you willing to reach out and, and go to that person? And I think just as we close this morning, I think God might be challenging you to do a couple things. The first thing that God might be challenging you to do is to be honest about where you're at, to be honest about your weakness, to be honest about your wounds, and to be willing to share like, I know Lloyd and Monique's heart, and it is so beautiful. And the care team that they're putting together wants to walk with you through challenges. I mean, they do it because they love it, and which is so amazing. So I want you to consider who can you talk to? Who are your people? If you're not in community, how can you become part of a community? That's why we've pushed small groups, is we want to give everyone the opportunity to be in relationship with each other. Because we all need our people. The second way that God might be challenging you is to think about those people that he wants you to reach out to. Who are those people who are stranded? Who are those people who are wounded that you might be able to have an impact in their life? 
that you with a phone call or a text message or a coffee could encourage that person into health to reach out to Jesus because love doesn't leave anyone behind. Guys, I want to be a church that's willing to love people through it all. I want to be a church that's willing to look at each other and say, hey, we're going to walk through this together. But it takes honesty. It takes us being real and being willing to share and feeling safe enough to share that when someone shares, they're not met with judgment, but they're met with love. And so that's the church that we want to be. Let's do it because we are in it together. Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you this morning, and I, um, I come humbled. I come in my weakness. This was not a week of, of a major victory in my life, God. This was a week where, for me, where I struggled with my own weakness, God. And Lord, I know for us as a community, we all struggle, God, with weakness, or we all struggle with hurt and wounds that are taking up uh, space in our lives. And, um, God, it, I pray in your mercy that you, you would meet us this morning right where we're at, God. If there is a weakness, God, if there is a wound that is dominating our thoughts, dominating our heart, God, would you meet us in that place? Jesus, you wash our feet. Lord, you meet us in a place of vulnerability. You meet us. You speak the loudest in our pain. And so, God, I pray that you would do that today and this week, God. You would speak loudly to us in our pain, in our vulnerability, that you would speak right to our hearts, God, and knowing that you are the Prince of Peace, God, that you bring peace, Father, and that nearness to you, God, brings peace. Lord, if there are people who want to share this morning, God, with the, with the care team, want to share with someone, Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage to do it, uh, to receive as Lloyd said, God, just that we would be willing to receive help, not just look to give help, God, not to be overconfident, God, in our ability, but to be confident in you and your people, God. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be willing to receive. God, that you'd, be, you'd help us to be willing to receive grace and, and receive love and receive help when needed, God, that you would Help us to be a community that's real and honest, God, that you would protect us against being a community that simply aspires to love but doesn't really love, God. Lord, we want desperately to love like you do. Lord, we want desperately to be a community that walks with people, God, like you walked with people, God, into wholeness, into health. And Jesus, I just pray, Father, that you would bless this community. I pray for the ones, God, that you want to reach out to right now, that you would give us the strength, the compassion, Lord, and the, the willingness to take a step into that. God, this morning, this week, I pray that you would help us to reach out, God, and love people, God. Lord, love them right where they're at, that we would receive people in love, God. So, God, I pray for these things this morning, and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.